Hey folks, and welcome to Drinking Alone with Friends, a podcast where three friends drink alone together. My name's Chris. What up? It's Todd. And I'm Obert. And uh, today we got a special guest for you guys. Yes, we have Paul Perner from The Hairless Dog uh, joining us live today on the podcast. I know it's a, it's a pre-recorded podcast, but it is always live for us. <laughs> Paul, how's it going? It's going fantastic, guys. How are you doing? Thanks a lot for the opportunity. Oh, absolutely. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Paul, has anybody ever told you you have a voice for radio? It's you got, you got a beautiful <laughs> podcast voice. I don't know. I might get voted <laughs> off the show. You might be a new I co-host. appreciate that. <laughs> well, if you're ever looking for somebody, I'm here for you. There we go. <laughs> so, so, Paul, just quickly... Tell the listeners, you know, what your brewery is and a little bit about the background. Sure. Thanks. Uh, we So my co-founder and I, Jeff, uh, are old friends, and we went our separate ways when we started having kids, and we ended up finding each other again at a party, and uh, we were the only two in the room without drinks in our hands, and, you know, kind of looked at each other and went, ah, I see what's going on here, and uh, we ended up meeting the next day for coffee, and uh, I had... Uh, I had left my first career to raise my kids. I was a stay-at-home dad, and I had been homebrewing for a whole a whole bunch of years. And uh, I didn't have any professional brewery experience or anything like that, but background in restaurant and culinary. And I was a, a wine writer for a while, and so I just I just really loved the whole you know the whole aspect of wine making and beer making and food and wine and everything like that. And it very much was a social activity for me. And so when um, when I started, you know, taking care of the kids and staying at home and, and I reached a certain age, you know, my priorities flipped around a little bit and, uh, I decided that, you know, in order to be a good example and do the things that I wanted to do, I, uh, I decided that, you know, I, I felt really good when I wasn't drinking. And so I started going down that path, but you know, all of my people were still out in the bars and, uh, <laughs> all right. And everything. And I grew up, as a craft beer lover, you know, I, around here we've got Summit, we've got Surly and all these other really great, great breweries that have been around for a long time that kind of defined beer for me. And when I, I stopped drinking alcohol, what was available was, this was 2017, 2016 in that area, you know, the beers that were available were the beers that gave NA beer a bad name. Not to rip on anybody, but, yeah. but right? It's got a reputation for a reason, right? And so... Uh, Jeff and I got together and we were kind of talking that out and, you know, we're both very social people and so much of what we do uh, as people, you know, is, is done in, in pubs and at parties and, you know, happy hour is called a happy hour for a reason. You know, that's all. And you hear all of the productivity that's lost when people are stuck away to COVID because they can't get out and just relax. So there's a, there's a deeper thing to it there that, that we feel like, you know, we were kind of being excluded from just because we, we, didn't have a something that we wanted to go out and drink you know it came with a, a certain badge of honor to walk into a party with a six-pack of odules you know because people look at you and go wow man what what car full of nuns did you drive your car into last night and that just wasn't the case and it you know and it got to be a point where it just wasn't worth going out anymore and uh so we just decided to make our own and like i said you know we didn't really have a whole bunch of experience walking into this um and we just kind of started you know started and failed and won and lost and uh it's still growing and here we are today and so now we've got three styles on the market like you're saying uh we've got an ipa we've got a black ale which is my favorite and that's my that's the one that i 
kind of perfected over in home brewing and then moved over into the NA world first. Uh, and then we also have a citra lager, which is a lighter bodied one. And that's kind of our core three that we're really working on cranking out. And, um, and then uh, this coming year, we have a whole lot more in store. And so that's kind of where we are right now. We're a very small brewery that started off, you know, with very simple means. And there's still less than 10 of us, but we are, uh, we're pushing as hard as we can. And I'm super proud of the people that I'm working with. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's great. You know, it's, it's funny, like as three craft beer lovers, uh, clearly a lot of things we do revolve around, revolve around craft beer. Um, you know, having it socially, um, I, have a twitch stream where i drink beer on stream and stuff like that so it's like <laughs> you know last night i i had a few beers and you know i did not feel great this morning you know and I, <laughs> so <laughs> i was i was talking to my wife and i was like oh we're doing the hairless dog tonight and uh i'm actually super excited because this is like exactly what i need right now it's like <laughs> fantastic it's like uh you know um so it's all zero for those of you at home hairless dog uh 0.0 percent abv so absolutely no alcohol very, very awesome. Um, Correct. I apologize. You're hearing my dog who does have hair in the background. There. I just to <laughs> working at home. No worries. All That's pets okay. are welcome on this podcast. Yes. As well. Excellent. As, yes. You'll probably Excellent. see my cat flying around in the background. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> so. But yeah, I like your, I like your slogan party. Like there's a tomorrow. I feel like that's what Chris needed last night. <laughs> I did. That, I you, did. That is, you know, that was a, that we came up with that tagline early on as kind of a way to, um, you know, to describe the decisions that we, you know, like you're saying, uh, we, we're not anti-alcohol or anything like that. We're, we want to go out and, and hang out in bars cause that's where all the fun stuff is. That's kind of where we, where we started off with. And, and the concept of party, like there's a tomorrow was where we were at, you know, it's like, we wanted to be able to party longer and we wanted more people to be able to stay longer and, and have a deeper conversation than just kind of stumbling over each other. Cause we'd spent 20 years doing that, you know? And so, right. You know, now that, that we, we still wanted all of the social aspects of it. We still wanted the full body craft beer aspects of it. We still wanted all the hops. We still wanted the, you know, again, the full body, the head and all of those things that really do go into appreciating a craft beer. We just didn't want the alcohol. And so it's been a it's been a long journey to get there. And like you said, we are we're 0.0. And that was the method that uh, that came through as being, you know, re- returning the best results for us. And that's what we we're keeping. Uh, we're going to keep on that trend as we keep going. So. I know that we didn't talk about this at the top, but so you're located in Minneapolis. Yes. Tell us a little bit. Do you have a tap room do you, um, or a brewery to go to? Uh, where are you distributed to? How far is your reach? Obviously, we're we're scattered around the country. So Chris is in North Carolina. I'm up in Connecticut, and Ober is out in Montana. So we're we're a, we're a sure. countrywide podcast. <laughs> you're all over the place. Yeah. Uh, we are, well, we are, uh, located in many, our corporate offices are in Minneapolis. Uh, we do not have a brewery and we do not have a tap room. Uh, we're, we have a contract brewing situation going on and we are, well, let's see right now we've got 13 distributors in 26 states plus, uh, total wine and BevMo distributing us nationally. Oh, so we're wow. pretty much in all 50 states at this point. Oh, that's Exciting. awesome. So I could, yeah. I could hopefully go down to my total wine and be able to find you on the shelves. You should be able to, yeah. And if and uh, anybody who wants to look at their local liquor stores, we have a store finder on our website at uh, drinkcarelessdog.com. Just look for the store finder and it'll tell you everybody in your neighborhood who carries us. Oh, and so we are cool. trying to build out our distributor network too. So yeah, Very feel nice. free to request it. Yeah. <laughs> now, Paul, I have a ton of questions, but I also am staring at these these uh, beers we got to drink. So mm. why don't, uh, why don't Todd, you, you play, us, play us in and uh, Paul... Why don't you pick out a good one, a good place for us to start? 
Let's sure. do it. Uh, why don't we start with the Citra Lager, which is kind of the lightest body, and we'll build okay. from there into the heavier one, which is the Black Ale. I, I'm not going to lie. The Black Ale, I am uh, I am excited for. That one sounds really good, so let's go. I, I can't wait to hear what you think about it. Like I said, that's my that's my personal baby. I'm probably the most... Well, we'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> so the Citra Lager itself is based on a lager body, but it's got a hop structure that's probably a little bit more like an ale. So it's, um, it's kind of a hybrid to a certain extent, and then uh, it's got some... Uh, it's got some citra hops on the tail end that's kind of punctuated by a little calamansi. And so the idea there is you get a, a, a lighter bodied, brighter NA experience that still has that mouth feel and still has the head retention and all of the other things that you're looking for. Yeah, it looks that's, pretty good. That I, smells yeah, really good, I see what you're saying too. about the head retention. Looks really good. Yeah. You get a ton, ton of that hop aroma right, yep. right away. I will say, like, it, smelling this beer, it reminds you, and, and a, a lot of our listeners would know, but um, if you walk into that brewery, it smells like that, like the hops and the the malts and stuff that you smell walking into a brewery. Yeah, it, 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 it smells it's like really, a traditional brewery. It's nice. I like, yeah, I like yeah. it. This beer smells like brewing. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, it's it. You know, our process is we, we, we make a regular beer and we leave as much in there as we can. You know, we, as opposed to other, other companies that make a beer and then take the alcohol out through one of, you know, there's probably about eight methods now that people are using. Um, other things get stripped out with that on the molecular level. And, you know, so you lose that mouthfeel and you lose the head retention and you lose the body and you lose those other things. And you kind of tend to, everything is getting, uh, has gotten a lot better over the last two years in the industry. But it used to be like the best you were hoping for is kind of a beer flavored seltzer water. Mm-hmm. And we wanted to, <laughs> we really wanted to deliver a, a, a craft beer experience. So, so all three of us here have tried our hands at, at home brewing before. Mm-hmm. So, and we've talked about it. We've, Good for you. It is. It is always fun. Um, and we've talked about the process here on the podcast um, multiple times. So, how do you how do you brew this and then keep the alcohol out? So you brew it like a normal beer, but how are you mm. when you go through the fermentation process? How are you not getting alcohol? That's exactly it. Is we don't ferment. Oh, oh. Yeah, there's yep. There's the big secret right there. If you don't create alcohol, you don't have to take it out. And you get to leave all the other stuff in there that comes along with it. And then there's a there's a bunch of proprietary stuff that we do that kind of takes out the unfermented sugars and other stuff like that. So that, oh, you know, okay. to, right. And we, we started, we came at it from a position of, you know, instead of, you know, a traditional brewer would, like a baker kind of takes elements and, you know, you put them in the kettle or you put them in the oven and then you kind of wait for a while and it's supposed to do its thing and it comes out and it's either good or it's bad. And we kind of came at that from the opposite direction, which was let's, talk about a beer that we really love and what makes that so great and then let's go back at it that way you know and so that's what we keep trying to we we start with the end product and go what makes a really great you know lager drinking experience what makes a really great ipa experience what makes a really great you know whatever experience it is and then you know my r&d guy wes who is a flat-out genius uh and has a culinary background and so can turn flavors up and down like sliders and you know really kind of gets into the whole aspect of it um through a brewing lens it's just a it's a it's a really fascinating process to watch him build these things up that's awesome yeah i was uh i was gonna ask the same question tud but uh that makes a lot of sense yeah Yeah, because i I mean i think Every time I've brewed, I've tried that wort at the end of the boil, and I'm always like, "This mm-hmm. is this is way too sweet." So yeah, to hear that <laughs> yeah. You're, you're doing everything, but you're stripping the sugars out is interesting. 
Yeah. Yep. And you know, like anything else, you can control what goes in, you can control what goes out and you spend a whole bunch of time looking at spreadsheets and you dump a whole bunch of bad stuff and eventually you come up with, with something that works. Yeah. But Very we are, cool. like you say, we are, we are the only company on the market still doing it that way. You can, you, you know, as you well know, there are other people who are, who have zero, zero on their label, but if you look close, we're regulated by the FDA, which, you know, as you know, is a, it's a food product like Coke or Pepsi or any of those other things. And anybody who ferments and therefore creates alcohol and therefore has to take out alcohol and therefore still has alcohol in it mm. is regulated by the TTB. Oh. Oh. Yeah, because I was I was wondering. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't know much about non-alcoholic beer, but I've always heard that that it's never truly zero point zero. Most of the bigger ones you see on the market, like the Oduls, like you had mentioned. Mm-hmm. So, um, but that that's very interesting, huh? Yeah, yeah. The more legacy brands, they um, they use a you know a vacuum distillation process, and the chemistry of that is is you know the the long story here is that NA beer in America came to be because of prohibition. And, you know, so many people worked in brewing and so much of the economy was based on these big giant brewers that they went, you can't shut us down. And the government said, all right, we'll come up with something. And so the lowest that they could get is 0.5% because the chemistry is just such that once you ferment and you bond uh, with the the technology that they had, you know, at hand back then, it couldn't get down below 0.5%. And the government said, that's a NA beer for us then. As long as we can tax it, you know, as long yeah. as we can tax it and put it through all that good stuff, that's good. And everybody keeps their jobs. And so that's why we got what we got here. And then, uh, you know, prohibition went away and everybody went back to regular beer and the NA beer kind of stayed in the, you know, dusty corner of the cooler <laughs> that wasn't. Uh, and so nobody put any money in to improve it or anything like that for a long, long time. Meanwhile, overseas, you know, Germany, France, Spain, all of these countries that have also have a brewing tradition, but that goes on for thousands of years instead of hundreds of years. If you walk into a bar in Spain, there's two or three NA beers on tap, and it's it's more a part of their culture. Oh. Um, yeah, it's it's a it's a completely different way of viewing it. And so the the American NA beer industry uh, is unique, and its history is very unique from the rest of the world. That's kind really makes sense with the fact that we just had that random decade about a century ago where people couldn't drink alcohol. But, yeah. uh, right. But yeah, yeah, to get to this to this citra lager, like you said, it definitely feels more like an ale in terms of that that hot. You know, unless you're talking like a like an India pale lager, you know, this definitely feels yeah. like much more of a hoppy beer than you normally find in most most lagers. So yeah, it it we designed it just a little bit differently, I think. And when it came out like it did, we were like, well, we got to. I mean, we got to leave it as is. <laughs> so. And we had built it, like I said, off the lager chassis and just decided to kind of go with a, a hybrid. And, and one of the challenges that we faced was, you know, we want people to know what they're reaching for. Um, you know, we didn't want to use some kind of funky name that didn't mean something. You know, we wanted somebody to look at it and go, that's a lager. I want to drink a lager. Right. Yeah, it's really, really crisp. Um, I, I don't know. I'm really enjoying it. I'm almost done with my with my little kid and i won't feel bad about it later yeah um, there you go <laughs> yeah but, you can uh, have a whole bunch indeed thank you but yeah no but i'm, I'm really crisp really nice i really uh, am enjoying this it's um you know lager is one of those uh types of beers we talk about it all the time especially you know the big name bloggers that you see um they're you know all they all can be the same you know and this is definitely yeah. definitely not that so um it's very that. very good very crisp i like it big fan i get a lot of that citra juiciness yeah for sure yeah, that's uh, it's as close as we get to like a, a, a juice, you know, a milkshake IPA. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I don't, I don't think it's all that far off. I mean, it, you definitely get a lot of the, 
a lot of those citrus flavors. And I, I, I get a little like lemon flavor too, which I, I find really mm-hmm. refreshing, especially right now during the summer. This is definitely something to, to cool down with after like a day of working in the yard. Yeah, yeah it's our lawnmower beer for sure. Yep. It's yeah. a day clearing uh, debris from a hurricane out of your yard or what? Oh, <laughs> uh, that. That that hurricane was a dud. Nothing ever no, happened of it. Wasn't a no, great. You, wasn't a good hurricane. I, was, I tell you what, I was worried we we're gonna have to reschedule this interview again when uh, I saw it was coming through. I was like, oh man, Ted's not gonna be able to record. He's gonna <laughs> be. Uh, he's gonna be out of power for a week. So I'm happy to hear. Did you lose it at all or no? No, not a single no? second. I yeah, know. I was gonna ask you guys about that. I got family in Philly and friends in Jersey, and yeah, I'm glad to hear you guys are okay. Yeah, how about uh, Todd? How about your parents? Are they are they still out? Or are they back? Uh, they were out yesterday, but I think they're, I think by now they're all back. Um, yeah. I think Rhode Island got hit the worst, uh, and that, you know, that's just cause it kind of veered off to the, the East right at the very end that nobody was really expecting. Yeah. Mm. So, so Paul, I think all, most of our listeners know this, but the three of us all grew up on the same street. So his, mm. so Todd's parents are, are three houses down from mine and, uh, they, my parents lost power for, for like, you know, six six ten hours something like that but they're like yeah it was kind of a dud so i was happy to hear <laughs> when i saw the path of the storm was like kind of right to him it's like okay right but oh well i'm glad to hear yeah for sure crazy you all grew up together huh yeah yeah yep i, I didn't know that all, yep. we all, Did you all started, go to school together nothing oh yeah elementary school all the way through high school yep and then stayed in touch through college i mean you know obert only went to, to school like five miles from where chris and i went to college so Oh, nice. Yep, and then yep. Uh, we just uh, all well, me and Obert moved away like within a month of each other, uh, about we, you know, three years we ago. We all we all split up and we decided we're going to start a podcast, drink a beer, and yep. keep in touch. Good on way. you. So, yeah. yeah, right on. We've been having a lot of fun with it, for sure. Yeah, so, oh, I love the show. I I listened to a few before I came on, so I get a a, <laughs> a little view of it. And I, <laughs> I got to tell you, I just I just love it. So well done. Congratulations, you guys. Oh, thank Great. you. Thank you. Yeah. So. So jumping back into this, into the brewing process for a second. So you say you contract brew. Um, yes. How does that, how does that work? Obviously you're, you're brewing on equipment that, that they're brewing other alcoholic beers with. So is there a mm-hmm. process that you guys have to go through to like sterilize the tanks? Do you have your own tanks? Um, I just have to imagine that there's some, there's a, a potential chance of cross-contamination during that process that probably takes a little bit of work on your guys' end. There's an extraordinary, you, you nailed a, one of our big challenges, yeah, in, a, in any facility that has yeast flying all over it, um, oh, yeah. coming up with a product at the end of it, you know, because yeast, if you put a glass of sugar in front of yeast, it's going to infect it, so uh, it's, uh, it's a challenge. Um, we are fortunate that we, we work with some really great brewers, and um, as you guys know, the brewing industry is, I hate to use this word, but metastasizing, um, and... Uh, <laughs> You know, so you can't you can't just you can't just have a brewery anymore, really, that makes just beer. It's really hard to do, and so they're all branching out into other you know seltzers and everything else that's going through those places. Um, and a lot of them are making juices and 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 other things. And so they're they're very they're very in tune to what's going on in their facilities. And um, but the short answer is yes, we've we've spent a lot of money on labs and a lot of money on tests and a lot of money on processes, uh, figuring out exactly what needs to be done in each place. And we now have an SOP. Uh, recipe i should say i'm sorry i forget where i am sometimes um (laughs) that uh that can that can transfer to just about any brewery at this point and so as we as we view our expansion plans here uh again the r d department has been working really hard on making sure that uh, that we can get the quality and consistency we need no matter where we go awesome nice have 
I have to ask, have you tried brewing these beers with yeast to see how they also developed? I have. I have uh, uh, the, in fact, if I'm not mistaken right now, my, my guy Wes is brewing the IPA with yeast in his spooky lab right now just to see if he can <laughs> see if he can try something out but yeah we we do on occasion we brew with various other things just to just to see what happens and see if there's something there that we can discover and then you know reverse engineer um it uh because of our process in making the you know the na version of all of these things and all of the changes that we have to make because you know in a, in a regular brewing process the whole concept of the boil and all of that stuff is to prepare the liquid for the yeast and the yeast reaction and because we don't have a yeast reaction we prepare our liquid differently and so um it's hard to say there's an there's an exact amalgam but i i would i would love to one of these days make one with the goal being to be able to put them side by side and put them in front of somebody and say which one's which because uh, I think okay you could get close enough you know we have in tastings and liquor stores and things like that we'll often hold our thumb over the zero zero on the can um and if people would just come up and do tastings uh if we don't tell them it's an any beer, you know, probably a good 40 to 50% of, of the time they'll guess it's got alcohol in it. And some will even guess it's up to 6% just because it's such a, you know, your, your brain gets triggered into thinking that's, you know, that's a beer experience that I'm getting here. And uh, if you can get them to not focus on the fact that it's a non-alcoholic, because that's kind of a stigma, they, they'll enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's mean, funny. It's like, like you said, your brain plays tricks on you, you know, but uh, yeah, I mean, Side by side, I don't think I can really tell much of a difference. No. Oh, I'm... oh can I hire you and bring you into the, <laughs> into the marketing department? <laughs> sure, yes. Yes, yeah. done. I'll do your radio voiceovers and you do my, uh, you do my promos. There we, go. there we go. Perfect. Yes, Perfect. we got it. No, um, no I mean, I, I knew it was non-alcoholic. And uh, to be fair, I haven't had many non-alcoholic beers, but uh, uh, it was very smooth. Uh, that's probably the one takeaway that may have tipped it off was it was super smooth but i've had a lot of beers that are super smooth that you don't have that have alcohol in them i don't know it was extremely good i'm excited i don't know how you guys i'm i'm ready for the next one how about you guys yeah let's let's dig yeah. in so right. should we uh awesome paul go over we... the ipa is that the one you recommend yeah. we go to next well, let's do the ipa next and that is our uh you know of course that's our best seller um just like with anybody's ipa right uh it is a very traditional ipa structure in terms of its malt and its hops um it should be very familiar in that regard um with a little bit again of the citra hop on the end um, and the dry hop just to really kind of punctuate a little bit. Now, okay, real quick before we get into this IPA, do you actually, do you lager the lager? We do not lager the lager. I was going to say, like, because if there's no it's activity question, going though. on, right? It's the first time that I have heard that question. <laughs> <laughs> Technically, we do not lager the lager, no. Okay. no. So this, so this, comparing the Citra lager to the IPA, what should mm-hmm. we uh, be noticing the differences uh you should be noticing a little bit of a a darker body you should be noticing a little bit more of a full body maybe just a touch more of sweet um but not not a lot you should be noticing um probably not as because there's more body to it the hops may not punctuate as much as they do in the lager even though it's I want to say the IBU level is about the same. Um, it doesn't have that citrus punch at the end that the citra lager did, and it behaves. Uh, it sh- behaves. Mm-hmm. Uh, it it should meet the expectation of an IPA. I guess is the best way of putting it. More than the citra lager, which is going to be a little bit more of a face. Right. Yeah, I definitely 
get sweeter notes out of this IPA. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you guys. I picked it up from the nose, yeah, just straight away. Um, I like it. This is yeah, it's really good. <laughs> yeah, it's got that Thank nice you. little that I, I get a little bit of like tanginess out of it too, yep. which I like. Mm. Yeah, that hop bite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, not even that. Like a little bit, like a like a. It's like zingy. Yeah, z- yeah, zingy. Because I'm like, I'm not, it's not sour. That's not the word I'm looking for. It's no, no. Yeah, zingy. There's a little bit of like pop there that I I like a lot. Yeah, there might be a little bit of a bite in the background there, and what, yeah, where the where the bittering hop is kind of catching on to mm. a couple of things that that accentuate back in there. Yeah, we do we, we use a ton of bittering hop in this one, and and you know not so much on the on the front edge. We're trying to balance between, you know, just an over the top punchy in the face hop bomb um, that. I, to be honest with you, is which I just I just love. You know, I'm a, I'm a big fan of super over the top kind of things, and I'm, I've been moderated by my partner and my R and D guy. <laughs> and, uh, and so, um, so this is kind of where we've landed in this. You know, it, we don't we don't want to we still want it to be definitely an IPA, but it it not so challenging that you have to be a real you know specialist or I hate to use this term, but beer nerd to to get into. It, you know, yeah, more accessible. How about that? There you go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear no, you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's uh, much like uh, it, again, very smooth, but uh, like the there's that uh, bittering that you were talking about, just right on the edge, and the tinginess. I don't know, zinginess that Ted was talking about. It's really, really solid, um, and it's I like it because it's it's um, it's not necessarily. Like, I don't know, when I think of like a tradition, I guess when I think about like a traditional IPA, I definitely get, I think a lot more pine and a lot more of that, those kind of earthy flavors. I don't get that as much out of this. It's definitely way more of the citrusy, um, you know, not, not juice bomb. No, it's not a juice bomb by any means, but, yeah. but, uh, but more, more East coast than West coast, maybe. Yeah, maybe. True. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, I would, I would, I would agree with you there. And um, you know, without giving away any more secrets, we're we're in the process of. But I like you guys so much. Just for you, my friends, don't tell anybody. Uh, <laughs> we'll keep it between the are, four of know, us. Yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. Don't don't tell anybody. I told you this, but uh, uh, we, we're going through some some process improvements and everything like that. And I'm I'm really excited by what the uh, by what the IPA is about to achieve here. You know, the what you're tasting right now is um, you know we're we're very proud of that. Uh, and I think, and I, I don't want to hesitate to do these things because you're never really sure when it's going to hit the market. But I think that you know what we've what we've discovered here is going to take it up even one more level, and we're we're really excited to see where that goes. That is exciting. Ooh, yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like a, it's like a right teaser there. teaser trailer. Yes, there you go. yes. <laughs> Stay tuned for IPA exactly. 2.0. <laughs> so, so what type of hop are you using as your bittering hop in this? Oh, that's an excellent question. Um, because my guy Wes is messing with that right now, but the bittering hop in that one—that's a Cascade. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then we move up into Amarillo and Simcoe, and then we dry hop with a little bit of Centennial. Oh, oh nice. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Okay. The funny thing about these beers is like they're not alcoholic beers, but they're they're made for you know people who love craft beer and people who love who you know when you tell them the hop prof- profile that would mean something to them. Yeah. You know, like they, you can really appreciate the complexity of all the all the work that goes into into these products. 
I mean, eventually what we want to do is we want to get to the same point that any kind of super cool, you know, craft brewer gets to where you get people standing in line for your new limited releases and everybody gets out because people who people who like craft beer but don't want the alcohol, they want that experience, too. You know, and so it's cool. It's fun. It's, you know, how, like you guys know, craft beer, it's not just a drink. It's fun. You know, you, you get into it. You read about it. You learn about all this stuff. It's it's interesting. Yeah. And you start you know, a podcast we, we about be it. able to provide that. <laughs> well, there you go. Right. <laughs> Right. So, yeah, you know, and we kind of want to provide all of those same experiences to people who still want all of the craft beer. But just, you know, for one reason or the other, whether they're pregnant or have enough kids or you just wake up one morning and you're like, good God, I can't do this anymore. You know, everything else about it is awesome. And so that's what we're trying to bring. Yeah. Well, I like the idea of just mixing it in with my alcoholic beers, you know, instead of drinking, you know, uh, you know, too many and having to, you know, call a cab to get home. You know, you could just mix it up. And like you said, the party doesn't have to end. You can yeah. keep, keep partying and, and do it in a more sustainable way. Originally, one of the reasons that we that we did the Black Ale first is, you know, like I was saying earlier, there's a beer around here called Surly Furious that to yeah. me was one of the greatest beers ever made. And I wanted to be able to have an N.A. beer that I could drink after I drank that one and still, like, taste it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And so that's that's what we're doing we're that we do differentiate from just about everybody else in the na side and just because we we occupy that big deep place there um where we want to hang out with those dudes you know every, there's plenty there's space for everybody these days which is great but those are our people and those are those are good people those are the people that you know that's that's what's going to help get this everywhere is that these yeah you know i've had i've had you know some competitors uh before and they don't taste like beer uh this this definitely this definitely tastes like beer. Yeah. I appreciate oh, yeah. that, man. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I was talking to my, like, again, I was talking to my wife earlier, and um, uh, and I've, I've told this to a, a million people. Uh, like, you know, you sound you sound like you have a problem when people are like, well, what do you do for fun? And I'm like, uh, beer? Uh, and, like, <laughs> and it's like, and, and they're like, oh, okay. Do you need, <laughs> do you need help? Like, <laughs> is there a problem? No, no, no. I just love beer. Like you were saying, it's interesting. Yeah. It's fun. I love going to the breweries. I love talking to brewers. I love doing all this stuff. And, um, so it's, it is really nice to be able to have all of those amazing tastes, amazing, uh, conversations and, uh, not, not die. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. You notice nobody ever asks that of a wine writer. Nobody goes, oh, do you have a problem? Uh, right. right. You yeah. Know? Right? You know true. what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's a beer thing, man. It, it is. is. It, it is. is. Yeah. You can you can be a total <laughs> total soak as a wine drinker and everybody thinks you're classy. Yeah. Love it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. Ha- <laughs> I don't have a problem. No. I'm not drinking. No, I'm having dinner. <laughs> yeah. I'm having six. It's called a tasting and it's classy. <laughs> 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 oh man but uh yeah this this ipa is very good i'm big fan. i really like i really like yeah. this i'm having a toss-up with myself of which one i like better so far the citra lager or the ipa i think the ipa is winning mm. Mm. but if for you me, asked me for me it's the citra lager i like that one i like that one a little bit more i think i like the the citrusy juiciness of it yeah now i do have to ask a question i've, I've seen this mm-hmm. a little bit before and you know, as somebody who's always trying to work on my figure a little bit here, do we have a calorie count on? Oh this? yeah, it's on the side of the can here. Yep. I don't, yep. I don't the, see it on the. Am I well, blind? It's it's silver it's in there. on neon, so you got oh, to hold it to okay. the light just yeah. right. 
One of the one of the pleasures of being regulated by the FDA is we have to put all of our nutritional information on our cans as opposed <laughs> to a beer who can just do that. But no, we do have that's seventy calories in the IPA. Um, and then uh, oh god, I can't even remember what the what is it? It's eighty in the black ale and the citra. Yeah, I think I've been it's looking uh, at spreadsheets all day. I apologize. Seventy on the citra, eighty on the I, on the IPA. There we go. You got yeah. it right. And we got eighty on the black yeah. too. Yep. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So there, you know, we don't we don't try to necessarily compete on calories because there are people out there who can who who are putting out just these ridiculously low calorie counts in cans, and um, we're 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 all about our flavor and about our mouthfeel and all of the other things that you know. We, the lower calorie count does come along with with what we do, but uh, we're focused on on the flavor and the experience. And that's a that's a benefit too. I mean, one thing about drinking some of these beers out there that there's some breweries out there that add so much adjuncts into their their stouts that. You know, without realizing that you could be drinking a you know fifteen hundred calorie beer, mm-hmm. you know, and then if, mm-hmm. if you had this on the side, you could be like, well, I can have that, and then I can have there a few go. of these that kind of you know, I'm not gonna, right? I've already blown out my calories with one beer, but at least I'm not gonna go <laughs> way way over. It's almost like exercising. It's, it's, it's pretty much. <laughs> you know the the it's amount a, of times you have to curl. lift it to drink it. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's probably more than eighty. Trust us, we're not scientists. Um, right, right, right. Play one on a podcast, though. <laughs> oh, All right, man. should we uh, maybe move over to this black ale? This is yes, Paul's yes, favorite, please. right? This is, and this is to me, this is probably the most, uh, you know, unorthodox and challenging and all this other fun stuff. A black ale isn't something that's really common in the United States to that palate. And that's one of the reasons why we, you know, why it was so appealing to me when I started making it on the alcoholic side is I wanted to, you know, have something that was different, um, you know, out of my homebrew kit. And, uh, and then when we moved over again, our label, you know, our brand is about being different from, you know, what else is going on out there in the NA world and this black ale that is a big full bodied experience, but it's not a stout, uh, doesn't kind of fit into the, into a box yet. Um, was kind of a, a natural draw. And I, I just, like I said, it's my baby, and, and every time they try to kill it and it keeps coming back, I just <laughs> laugh and laugh and laugh. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I don't have – you don't see them very often, but every time you do, every time I do, I have to get a black ale, black IPA, black whatever it may be. You don't – like, again, you said they're not big in America right now. Um, mm-hmm. America, I'm get with on you. board. America, I, right in. Why aren't you Why aren't you good at beer? Right? I, 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 every time <laughs> – Right. Yeah, a lot of a lot of those toasty, roasty malts on the oh, yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it kind of smells. It kind of smells a little stoutish. I like it. It does have a we we have a seasonal coffee stout that's coming out that differentiates a little bit. But uh, yeah, this the 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 black ale here. It's got you know it's got a little acidulated um, grain in it just to kind of again bring that just a little bit of something up so it doesn't taste flabby. But then it's got the caramel and it's got the chocolate malt yes. in it and it's got some black malt in it to bring it down. Um, and then uh, you know again the centennial right on the top to kind of bring it back into that. A little bit more of a familiar American style. Oh, I really like this. I think I might have yeah. a new favorite. I notice I've gone <laughs> every time I've got a new one, it's become my new favorite. This is awesome. I got to hang out with you guys more often. There you go. See. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this coffee yeah, stout. Though, you got you got us hooked on this co- the seasonal coffee stout now. Okay. Yeah, right? to... <laughs> yeah, we haven't had it yet. Yeah, that's well. That, we had it on the market for a long time, and we uh, we just uh, you know. It, it moved out of season, and we just haven't. Uh, I don't think it's going to make it back this year because we're focusing on the black ale. But uh, coming around in the next cold season, you know, up here, cold seasons last a long time up here in Minnesota. Uh, yeah. so <laughs> <no>. <laughs> I know you've got to enjoy summer while we can, for sure. 
Mm-hmm. So but yeah, the truth. like we said, you, I got I got more roasty malt notes, but then when I take a sip, it's definitely very sweet. Yeah, yeah, I, I like mm-hmm. that. Like yep. you said, it's not it's not a robust porter or stout. It's definitely, no, no, definitely not a stout. You can definitely tell. No, nope. yeah, you could definitely uh, it, it like yeah, uh, like you said, and if if you guys uh, pay attention to the Instagram, you might see a couple pictures, but. Uh, uh, it looks, it pours. It's it's dark. It had a nice big frothy head and everything. Um, so it may you may be you be surprised, but no, definitely not uh, not a stout. It's uh, extremely good. I like it. I like it a lot. Wow. Thank you. There, uh, man. I'm telling you, um, if you guys, if you're out there and you are looking to maybe add something a little bit lighter or all the way light into your repertoire, check these guys out if you can find them because they mm-hmm. are all really, really, really good. Yeah. So, Paul, do you is the, are these all force? Force carbonated? Is that how you get the, yes. the head in there? Mm. Yep. I'm surprised. Yep, they are. When I, you know, I would expect something like that to be a lot fizzier and, like you said, n- not have this long-lasting head. But this is, it's like, a, you know, looks like mug root beer by the head I have on this, on this one right here. It's, it's hanging yeah, it's one of the advantages of not having to, you know, de-alcoholize is you don't break down the cell structure that all of those things can, you know, okay. can stay suspended in for longer. Um, that's one of the reasons that in a lot of other non-alcoholic beers and in pops and things like that, um, you know, they, they, they have the bigger bubbles that disappear faster. The the cell matrix isn't there to hold all of that in and kind of let it do its thing. Um, hmm. And that's that's one of the reasons why we chose to go zero zero and, and with the structure that we did. That's awesome. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, Paul, I'm, I'm looking at your room that you're in, and I know that the, the listeners can't see this, but I can describe the room <laughs> that he's in a little bit. You've got some pictures, and you've got all your cans up on the wall. Now, yes. I notice a few that, that I don't know what they are. Can, sure. Can you fill us in on those? Yes, I can. Uh, so, uh, nobody can see this, so I'll do a description here, but there's the uh, kind of our, our blue black ale six-pack case there, uh, and then the red one is our coffee stout. Uh, that those are, I believe, the last two remaining six packs that aren't in a store somewhere. Uh, <laughs> and you see the citrulager up on top. Um, the bottom in the middle there with just the lighter green with just the stripe off the middle of it with the white bottom is our what we're calling our legacy artwork. And that's what's out in the market right now. And then you can kind of see up here above that red case. I'll bring this over a little bit closer for you to see. So this is... This is another thing that we're really excited about. We've got uh, new packaging that's going to be coming out. Oh yeah, I like that. Yeah, that's ideally nice. right in time for the holidays. We're gonna we're gonna refresh all of our packaging lines somewhere in there. Again, you hate to say these things because then <laughs> <laughs> you know it's the things that used we to take two to weeks, it, not take worry. eight weeks. You know, right? <laughs> and then uh, way up there on top that you see on the you know in the bottles there, these are our old. There's the the original, the very first black ale to ever come out. Um, okay. I was wondering yeah, what was in the to, bottles. Yeah. Yeah. We used to produce in bottles uh, a couple of, uh, a couple of iterations ago, but um, as you move up into the, uh, as you get a little bigger and you want to ship things, shipping a bottle is uh, <laughs> asking for it. <laughs> we, yeah. So we moved we into cans. We about yeah. that firsthand. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. E-commerce is a big side of our business. And so we, uh, we had to acquiesce to that. Maybe someday we'll get back into the bottles, but for right now, I think we're going to be in cans for a while. Yeah, and I like your logo too. We got a dog here with looks like a, some barley in its mouth mm-hmm. with a yep. star star above it. Right? Is that? Yeah. If you look, if you kind of well, if you look closely at it, and then you put it next to a map, you'll notice that the dog's shape 
is an echo of the state of Minnesota. Oh, the, okay. So the star up there is the North Star. Oh, cool. Oh. I had a feeling there was a more more to the story behind this can, so that's pretty that's, neat. Uh, that's we're, awesome. Yeah, we're, she did really great work with that. Yeah, <laughs> we like that logo. We are super proud to be from Minneapolis too. It's uh, it's a it is a very advanced beer culture up here, and so one of the advantages of having this as our backyard is, um, you know, it's like having a hockey team out here. If you're going to put it in front of people, they know good hockey and they know good beer, <laughs> and so it better be good, or they're going to let you know it. And so we get a lot of really great feedback uh, from our friends and family, and then not friends and family who aren't afraid to let us know. So um, <laughs> it's. Uh, it's a nice it's a nice environment to be in. Yeah. So speaking of the beer culture of Minneapolis, how mm-hmm. how overall has has the city embraced or I guess I guess if the answer is not embraced, how have they embraced or not embraced the non-alcoholic beer that's, you know, it's really good coming from their city? Uh well we, you know, are we do really well around here. There are um as you can imagine, you know, you swing a stick around here, you probably hit eight nine breweries and uh a certain portion of them are trying various non-alcoholic things uh, in order to get people to come out to the tap rooms um, that uh, got constricted a little bit, of course, by COVID. Um, and we just we happened to be in packages right away. We didn't have to transition from a tap room into packaging. So we were on the store shelves right away. So when everybody, you know, ran into the liquor stores and then figured out that they were drinking nine hours a day and needed something else, we were already there. Um, so. We have had a really, really good, good response from our local, our local crowd here. And then also in Wisconsin. Um, and you want to talk about some people who know their beer and like their beer over there. <laughs> That's, you know, that was one of the places where we were like, all right, we got to be careful about how we do this here. Um, but the, yeah, no, the, the response has been really great in the upper Midwest in general. And uh, I got to be honest with you, the East Coast uh, has just been kind of exploding for us. And uh, we are planning some West Coast expansion here probably in the next year as we're seeing some hot spots popping up on our heat map here and there. Um, that can that'll finally justify a move over there. And I'm a West Coast guy, so I can't wait to I can't wait to introduce everybody out there. <laughs> Very neat. That's yeah, it sounds like it's just taken off everywhere for the most part. It is. You know, when we started back in 2017, there just there just weren't a lot of N.A. beers out there. There certainly weren't. I want to say we were probably one of the first, you know, N.A. craft beers, you know, that differentiator there. Um, And now over the last two years, we've seen so many competitors come into the market and we kind of saw that coming to a certain extent. But, the, you know, I use the term competitors loosely because we do so much work for each other in terms of education. That's the, the, the beautiful part about being in, in this corner of the beer industry is that, you know, guys like, you know, a lot about beer. I mean, it's, you know, you lifestyle it and we can walk into a place like this and have a conversation like this. And there's a lot to talk about. You know, there's a lot that nobody has thought about before, just because, like I said before, for so long, nobody paid attention to it. And now suddenly, you know, the NA beers are improving in their quality and they're improving in their reach and distributors have to respond to that because people are asking for it. So the quality keeps going up and up and up. And I just I just see the industry as a whole really kind of gaining some traction here and, and really exploding over the next three years. Yeah, I can imagine. I'm sure you guys are anxious to get back to some brew fests, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if, if uh, they've resumed in Minneapolis or not, but... Uh, they, well, you know, our, our big thing here is the state fair. The Minnesota state fair is this big giant affair. And, and that is, uh, they are, they are, you know, like everybody else, they're having trouble (laughs) hiring people. 
Um, but I think if we can make it through that, I think then everybody's really going to be back in the streets doing everything crazy because then it gets cold real fast and nobody <laughs> around here stays seriously, man. There's like a, like fall around here. Nobody stays indoors and then it, it turns like 20 degrees overnight and nobody goes outside. So yeah, I've been to your, I've been to the city before and I've seen those, uh, do you guys have a fancy name for them? But I did just like the sky, they call them skyway. Skyway. Yeah. 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 It's a replacement I, song. Yeah. I think that those are just so cool. Like, cause you know, also being from the Northeast where it gets cold here, we don't mm-hmm. have those. And I'm every time mm-hmm. I was in Minneapolis, I was jealous. I was like, I wish, I wish Hartford had had these things. <laughs> I can't remember, can't remember who it was, but some comedian came to town and, and described them as habit trails, or you know, like hamster trails for humans. <laughs> if, you, if you don't know what we're talking about, it's a it's a skyway that's completely covered and heated that goes that's on the second story of all the buildings downtown. So if you wanted to walk from one end of downtown Minneapolis to the other, you do it totally inside elevated two stories above the street through these glass skyways and it's kind of a cool experience but it's a little bit weird if you haven't seen it before that's really cool oh wow yeah i mean i live where it doesn't ever get that cold but you know <laughs> well if you guys ever want to come to town i'm more than happy to show you around we can get you walk around and drink hairless dog in the skyways and nobody can bug you yeah i will that's true. Yeah. say is there's there a lot of advantages with the non-alcoholic beer right yeah. you it's, can, it's, uh, you can it's drink got it its anywhere upsides. and yep what uh, you know, I ran into this when I was driving through your beautiful state uh, recently. I was trying to buy some beer, um, but I was driving to the state after like eight p.m. on a Sunday or something like that. <laughs> yeah. So you could yeah you could get hairless dog probably then. Oh but, yeah. Uh, yep. You can't. Yeah, the blue laws around here are pretty pretty legendary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> the Lutherans, the old habits die hard. We had to print three. Yeah. There's a just a, a goofy my wife is from philadelphia and she has this story about where she came to town you know and in philadelphia they got they have no no the beer rules are completely different but she she came here she moved in and this is before she met me and uh moved all of her stuff into her apartment and went to the bar and asked for some beer to take out and the bar t- you can't do that here you can't right. take <laughs> yeah. beer from a bar and the bartender looks at her and goes no and she, and, she, and she was just so frustrated because she didn't understand what the hell was going on. And so she's like, all right, so can I can I go to the liquor store? And where's the nearest liquor store? And he goes, it's after 8 o'clock. The liquor stores are closed. And she goes, <laughs> all right, can I go to the grocery store? And he goes, well, you could go pick up some 3-2. And if you're not familiar with 3-2 beer, 3.2% alcohol beer, uh, I'd want to say here in like Utah were the last two places where they sold it. And it's just a super low ABV beer, but you had to stamp does not contain more than 3.2% ABV on top of that. And that was the only beer that you could sell on Sundays or in gas stations around here. <laughs> yeah. And is it still that way? Can you buy beer on Sundays now? Or Oh, yeah. The Super Bowl came to town and everything changed, baby. Oh, okay. <laughs> All of a sudden, the bars are open till 4. And yeah. It's yeah. weird what, what the NFL and money will do to a- isn't it? <laughs> Isn't it? Yep. Yeah. yeah. And, but you can also ship it. You know, you can you can mail it out without uh, the restrictions you have on alcohol, which is kind of cool. Exactly. Yeah. There are a lot of advantages in that regard. We were we were able to get that going quickly, and uh, and we continue. It's still it's probably about thirty percent of our business at this point. Um, you know, it, it, one of the advantages is we can ship to everybody, like you're saying. But you know, for, for other people, for whom it's not convenient, um, we can get it right to them. Yeah. That is one thing living in Montana. There's like very few people who are willing to ship here, especially, you know, the restrictions on alcohol. So it is mm-hmm. cool. That is a cool advantage that I don't have with most other of those, those beer delivery type things. Hmm. So where do you see, you know, over the next, obviously the beer industry is rapidly changing and 
growing and I think you called I think you had it perfectly earlier metastasizing yeah where do you see it going in the next you know year two years five years you know uh in general it, I mean I guess you could be as general as you want or as specific as you sure want. I mean if I you know if I were to kind of just read the tea leaves a little bit I think you, you're probably going to see beer continue to lose a little bit of share to to you know what's being called beyond beer now you know the the it's seltzers and all that seltzers. other stuff Yep, as the you know, and it seems to be kind of a generational thing at this point. Here on on our in our world, we're we're looking at that stuff and kind of trying to uh, determine how we're going to meet our next generation of drinker where they are when that happens, you know. Yeah. And so we're looking at everything that people are drinking, and we're looking at you know the state of the industry as it is and how it's changing and how the generations coming up are are uh, are affecting all of that and the flavors but i i you know i i think you're just gonna see things kind of stay steady in the beer land i think you're gonna see craft beer continue to expand as you know as a unique offering and i think you're gonna see you know ironically you know you you would think with the way that the economy is going you you would think that the lower non-premium beers would would really boom but i think you're gonna see more more super premium and premium beers do better in the market um as People kind of, you know, become seltzer drinkers or not seltzer drinkers and beer drinkers and not beer drinkers for a little while here. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah. And you, you mentioned, and I, I guess it just um, it, when, when, you, when you guys are looking for something that you're hoping to make NA or whatever mm-hmm. it may be, now, do you just pay attention to trends and like, oh, IPAs are huge, so we're going to try and make an IPA? Or do you just kind of know what's going to work or think you know what's going to work and and tool it that way. I don't know if that makes No, I get it. Yeah. Uh, it's a good question. You know, the, probably the core here, you know, the, the black ale, the IPA and the Citra were things that, <laughs> that Jeff and I wanted to have in a bar that weren't there, <laughs> you know, okay. things, things that we wanted to have to drink when we went out. Uh, and we're hoping that this would just be successful enough for long enough that when we went out to bars, we would be able to order something that we'd like to drink. <laughs> yeah, that's a, a great reason to right? start a business right there. Yeah. <laughs> right. As and as we kind of as we roll out more, we're we're going to have a series of LTOs and other you know options coming out in the next year and change here. We've got a really aggressive release schedule, and and again, Wes over in our R and D department has been working really really hard on this. Um, yeah, there are things that work better with our process and things that don't work quite as good with our process. And so we do tend to go with the things that produce the best result with our process. But uh, I, you know, I don't think that we are so trend sensitive that we won't do something if we think it's good. You know, we do what we think is good and we want to be different. You know, we want to, we want to stand out. We want to differentiate ourselves. And so we tend not to follow the crowd where they're going. Um, and we tend to not, you know, look at trends and look at sales numbers and then automatically go, oh, okay, right now we need to figure out how to make a milkshake stout. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, we, we've, we're sticking to our guns to a certain extent. We're going to be who we are. And so um, there will be times where those meet up with trends, of course. But I, I think probably what we will do is we will produce the best us that we can. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, and that makes sense. I mean, clearly you're doing a great job. So, you know, hats off. That. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting that uh, – I don't know. I just it's uh, it's very interesting how this is going to fit into the beer market, and uh, I mean, you guys are doing extremely well. So um, thank you. Yeah, I mean, I, I trust me. I'm I'm a believer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, do you have any how to word this? Do you have any nightmare stories that that you can share with us? Like something that you really wanted to brew 
you tried it and it just it just absolutely like flopped. Oh. Like I'm thinking like gotta, off the top of my I head would be like a barley wine, but I've got a I got a lot of them actually. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I tried to make a uh, I tried to make a a lemongrass lime leaf uh, kind of a a, a rice beer once hmm. that I was gonna try to do a really light kind of delicate thing and I totally misunderstood how it was gonna work and the carboy blew up. Um, <laughs> oh no! That was and and that Yikes. caused quite a mess and it, yeah right and you know. Uh, we have we have dumped plenty of beer when it didn't come out right because um, we we experiment a lot. But the nightmare scenarios are always when something like chemically goes wrong, and I I I still have a hole, much to my wife's dismay, in the ceiling of my basement where uh, <laughs> where the problem that we talked about, and then this is another one of the reasons why we don't produce in bottles for a while. Um, the beer inside of a bottle that had been force carbonated started to ferment because it had been infected with yeast. And this is a very early lesson because I, I, I got cut pretty good by an exploding bottle. Um, but the the bottle cap blew off when I just put it down on the countertop. I just set it down, and that was enough to agitate it. And, and the bottle cap blew off with enough force that it went through the sheetrock ceiling. <laughs> oh, yikes. Right? Yeah, you know, and so that, you know, if I would have been looking down at it when that would have happened, that would have been a pretty sizable nightmare. So, yeah. Yeah, stuff like that um, probably goes big into the nightmare scenario. There's been there's been plenty of other situations where um, you know you try an ingredient that you think is just going to be brilliant, like fennel seed, <laughs> and then you realize that you just made yourself a, a you know a big puddle of carbonated licorice that just nobody's going to like. Right, you know? a, right, right. <laughs> But but you do try to you know you try to learn everything you can because that's that's a flavor that nobody else is going to have and so maybe someday you'll go oh licorice would work there I know how to do that now yeah it's all it, about that, expanding your palate right yeah that hasn't happened yet but <laughs> I cling to my knowledge yeah now now when you brew something like a fennel seed beer mm-hmm. that. Do you then just do you end up drinking it all yourself, or are you just like, nah, yes. pour this down the drain? <laughs> I I usually will feel so bad and not want to waste it that I'll end up drinking it myself and go, you guys are crazy. This is delicious. <laughs> <laughs> That's my biggest fear about homebrewing is you know you brew this five gallon batch of beer you know and for mm-hmm. you guys obviously much bigger and then you're stuck with it even you know for good or for bad. <laughs> yeah, you know it, that's. Yes. Yes. It's like it's like having a it's like making your own chocolate chip cookie that doesn't come out right quite right or just gets burnt. You you, you eat it because it's yours. Yeah. You know? You made it and you made it. And it's like you know you gotta that's just the thing. enjoy it yeah. for what it is. And, and, and if you want to toss it out, you can and you shouldn't feel bad about it, you know? Just remember what you did so you don't do it again. <laughs> you know, but don't be afraid to try it and don't be because it's yeah, it takes a while. And uh Yeah, Ted, I think know. you just need to be Home brewing in one gallon batches, maybe that's your solution. Ooh, there that's, you go. I moved on to that for exactly that reason because you can do five of them at the same time in the same amount of space in the same amount of time. Yeah, for True. me, five gallons. It's like by the time you're done, you're like, I'm just so sick of it. I'm ready to move yeah. on to the next one. You know, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Unless you're having a party. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Come drink my beer yep. party. That's, <laughs> that's why it's good to be friends with home brewers, right? Yes. Yes. That's <laughs> the best part about when people come over. They're all. They're always like, hey. Do you have some beer? And I'm like, yeah. By the way, here's a glass. There's a tap over there on the the wall. Have fun. Mm-hmm. Drink as much as you want. And they're like, really? I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah. Go, go crazy. Now, Drain it's up it. to them whether they like it or not. I've already right. had three gallons of this. Please. <laughs> right. Exactly. No, seriously. Help yourself. Yeah. Here, you so want to growl or go know. to? 
So I want to know what everybody's final verdict is. Which which ones are everybody's favorites? Uh, mine's the black. Mine's the black ale. I I really really like the black ale. Yeah, I I am sticking with the citra lager. I I like that one a lot. I think that for me would be my go-to. Like I said, I really like that just that juicy, fruity, lemony deliciousness. I can't. I mean, I can't like them all. I, I guess I got to pick a favorite. I really. Like, <laughs> I mean, no, you can like them all. You just which one do you like more than the other ones? Yeah. This so is true. <laughs> I, I, I think. I think I'm with Ober. I think I like the Citra Lager the best because I can see it fitting into a lot more places, you know, where I would want to drink it. Like, you know, mowing the lawn or working out in the yard or if it's a hot day. But in the winter, I might like this black ale better. But, yeah, I think for the moment, the Citra Lager is my favorite. Well, I just agree with all of your choices. <laughs> They're all you guys amazing. are brilliant. Yes, amazing choices. Yes. It's so smart. Oh, goodness. <laughs> no, they're... um. Uh, but they're all very, very good. So, um, I mean, wow. It's 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 hard to believe that they're 0.0%. It's crazy. Yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't I have agree. guessed. I, wouldn't I, have, I, I did would not have... expect this when I was when we were going to have a non-alcoholic beer. Yeah. I can't tell you how much I appreciate that, you guys. That's awfully. It's very, very nice of you and very gratifying to hear. Yeah. For me, so I think how it will fit into uh, my lifestyle is I always, you know, I, I don't like to drink every night of the week. And I'm like, but when I go back to edit the podcast and I listen to myself and my buddies drinking a beer. I'm like, you know, this would go really good with a beer, but now now I've been reaching for these, the hairless dogs instead. And I think that that kind of fills that, that niche for me a little bit, you know, there you go. Tuesday night. I got to work tomorrow. Hairless dog and edit a podcast. Sounds fun. There you go. Now I might be able to get a little bit more hashtag tub fit as well. <laughs> no, it'll be it'll be uh, it'll be uh, fun. I'm I'm excited to bring them uh, onto the stream and see what my my viewers think too, because uh, there's a lot of beer heads in there too. So yeah, um, but I'll be like, oh, it's a zero percent one. Ha ha, beer dead got you. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I mean it was. Uh, they're they're all very good. I'm excited. I'm excited. I want to try. I'm gonna have to look for these uh the coffee stouts when they come back out. Awesome. Yeah, we're gonna have a we're gonna have a whole bunch of new stuff coming out in this in this new year. Um, uh, that that we're again I hate to keep saying we're really excited about, but we are. We're very excited. We've had these things in development for a while now, and we're about to start you know kind of unleashing them. And and uh, I keep talking about Wes in the R and D department. He's kind of holding them back a little bit because if he had his way we'd you know release one every other week (laughs) (laughs) but like you say you know the the drinking occasions it really does kind of influence what what you're looking for and what tastes great and so we want to you know we want to be there for the occasions we want to have a lawnmower beer and we want to have a you know all of the other things that you know an october beer and we want to have all of those beers that everybody has in every other part of their life we want to be there and that's kind of what we're we're looking to do here i think you've you've intrigued me with this Oktoberfest beer Mm. Uh, <laughs> well, that would be a hell of a heck of a uh, feat to pull that one off by this October. But uh, yeah. stay tuned. <laughs> setting up the tent over here. Yeah, it, you know, ironically, it is a style that that translates very well to our to our method. I we can have, see that uh, the, the black yep. ale does remind me does have a lot yep. of those same notes of those caramel right? flavors for sure. You I can, can see, see working right really things. Quite well. Yeah. The Belgian, the Belgian styles, those also kind of work in well. Those kind of, those naturally bigger, heavier kind of unusual beers really do translate well. Hmm. What's the hardest to translate over? The hardest to translate over is a Budweiser. Yeah, I could see that. Well, you were talking about the lemongrass, 
rice mm-hmm. ale and it's like oh yeah. man you can't hide much there <laughs> that's the thing right right yeah yep the less there is there the you know the more there's uh the the guy oh, he invented impossible burger and i was listening to an interview with him and he said something really smart which is the closer you get to the thing that you're trying to imitate the more you notice the differences and so people know what a budweiser is you know what i mean and so the closer you get to it, the more people go, that's not a Budweiser. And yeah, so that, that really is the challenge in that part is, is kind of meeting that expectation. Hmm. That's, that, was, that was not the answer I was expecting. <laughs> <laughs> well, what were you expecting? I don't, I don't know. I, you know, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, I would assume like the harder beers would be like the ones like, like wild beers, like wild fermented beers. I feel like that would be hard to recreate because you can't have that wild fermentation process. You can't, but what you can do is you can kind of study the microbiology and replicate. Oh wow! I'll so leave it at that. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> that's 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 what Wes does. That's what Wes is doing. Right now. <laughs> that's Wes. <laughs> <laughs> nailed it, dude! You totally nailed it right there. Yes, I can t- I can just say stuff like that and then turn around and go, right, Wes? Yeah. <laughs> He's probably scowling at me from across the room right now. Oh man. So, Paul, tell us once again where we can uh, find more information about uh, about your company and your products. Yeah, well, the best place to go, of course, is our website, and that is www.drinkhairlessdog.com. Uh, you can get all our products there. We've got a, an extensive FAQ for all your questions that you've got. We have a, a wonderful customer service uh, staff, Margaret and Tom. Uh, if you ever reach out via social media, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram. I think we even got a TikTok thing going these days. Um, nice. But any of those places, you just kind of search Hairless Dog Brewing and you will find us. Um, and if you want to buy direct, the website is is the best place to do that. Otherwise, you can find our store, li- a store locator uh, there if you want to support your local liquor stores, which we very much encourage. Um, and uh, that's, yeah. And everything, all of the information about all of our beers can be found there. And, of course, reach out, ask us a question. We uh, we love talking to people. Well, thank you all for, for listening. Uh, we'd like to thank Paul for providing us with our beer today. Um, you know, just to summarize, we had the NA IPA, the NA Citra Lager, and the NA Black Ale. Uh, please make sure you head over to social media everywhere at DAWF Podcast and follow us, you know, Again, head over to uh, drinkhairlessdog.com for them. And I'm assuming everywhere else on social media, it's also drinkhairlessdog. That's us. Uh, don't forget to hashtag follow the email at DAWF Podcast. Send us an email with questions or send Paul emails too if you have questions for him. Um, and you know, don't forget to head over to iTunes and leave us a five-star rating and a review. And don't forget to tell your friends and your family. Also, head over to Discord uh, if you want to join the chat over there. We have a real-time chat room over there. And uh, don't forget to head over to Patreon as well. For as little as a dollar a month, you get a little bit extra drinking alone with friends every week. And with that, Paul, thank you. My name is Tud. My name's Chris. And I'm Obert. And remember, if you're drinking alone, do it with friends. way more sober than I normally do. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Let's go. (laughs) That outro was a little too clear, I think. I know, right? (laughs) Yeah, I was was like, wow, I was like, I feel like I really stumble through this 90% of the time. (laughs) My brain is so clear right now. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, wait, I'm at the end of this already? Why does it go by so much slower most of the time? (laughs) 
Oh, Paul, thank you so much for coming oh. and hanging out with us. That was awesome. Yeah, thanks again, yes, Paul. So right on. Thank you, guys. Really appreciate you guys and appreciate the opportunity. Love talking to your audience. And-